What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Hollywood Already Did It, your weekly movie podcast focusing on reboots, remakes, sequels, adaptations, and continuations of stories that have been done before and are going to be done again, and whether or not those things need to exist. This is the week of February 9th, which means we are doing Birds of Prey. I, of course, am your host, Blake Schultz, and my co-host is Terrence Tatum. Hello, everyone. And here we go. Yeah. The fifth and May sixth. Sixth? Six sounds probably more right. Uh, Manist- yeah. Steel BVS, Wonder Woman, just come in, Shazam. I had so many notes and I didn't bother to make sure this the was numbering. the sixth one. Yeah, it's six. The sixth one. The sixth and maybe final <laughs> movie yeah. in the DC expanded universe of films. Uh, it's interesting because what are they doing? We don't know. No clue. The DC Expanded Universe is starting to feel like a BoJack Horseman scene making fun of superhero universes because I don't know what the game plan where is, where we are, what we're doing. I don't know where this takes place. I don't. None of this makes sense to me. Ezra Miller is showing up in the TV, TV shows, shows? Yeah. finally, which is great. <laughs> yeah. But what does that mean? Are <laughs> yeah. we even going to make a Flash movie? We don't know. Yeah. Because also, I'm pretty sure that Crisis on Infinite Earth ended with, like, no the Earth. multiverse is gone, right. but not really, but don't worry about it. Yeah. Meanwhile, you have Joker, you have this, you have the Batman. Yeah, which is going to be completely away from everything else. I was like, what is going on? And you know, I get it. The comic books do this. They, they have do. Earth 2, they have all these what-if stories, but it's not like you walk in and there's ten books running in one universe. Right. Yeah. And like, if they do, they do like a DC Black label or they're very right. clear to tell you what's going on. I mean, when the Batman comes out, I granted the first one's probably not going to have it, but we could essentially have three different Jokers within a five-year run. And you're like, I guess? That's fine. <laughs> Maybe that's what he saw when he sat in the big God chair in the last <laughs> right, crisis right. And, the, and was like, who's the Joker? And the big chair was like, which Joker? And right. Batman was like, no! <laughs> But we're not here to talk about the nonsense of the DC comic book universe. We're here to talk about the nonsense of the DC, DC movie universe. Yes. <laughs> uh, Birds of Prey came out. Now, before we get into this, were you excited about the movie before it started or were you hesitant? I I was hesitant to the point where I didn't want to see this. Like, I, were it not for us doing this, I don't think I would have. Interesting. Um, because I'm in that... I absolutely hate Suicide Squad realm, and this is the closest to being like a sequel. Like that would be the successor to like they're they're tied at the hip because of Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn. So everything that I saw, I was like, no, nah, I don't want to see this. And the trailers honestly looked bad to me. The posters looked even worse, and I was like, I don't think this is something for me. Um, so no, I was not excited at all to see this film. Um, however, <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised with what i saw i was smiling from ear to ear i thoroughly enjoyed this movie um and it leads me as we go along to some really questionable things about the marketing of this film when it's all said and done yeah i also i wasn't so out but i think i was in the just just exactly what i just said i don't really know where we are or what we're doing anymore so there's kind of a weird notion of me when we do the dceu now where I don't know if it matters. Almost the same way when I start like a Netflix show now, and I'm like, well, if it's just going to be canceled in a season, um, do like, I really do I need want to invest to go yeah, yeah. Do I need all to... this time and right. energy into it? Um, but I like the characters, and I like her playing the role, so that kept me engaged enough in it. Right. And, you know, Shazam was all right, and Aquaman was fun, and Wonder Woman was good, so they are kind of in this, Better when they do it, the... they do it well. Right. Uh, but I loved it. I loved it so much from start to finish yeah. because it's such a brilliantly unique superhero movie. It is. Especially in the context of the DCEU. For a movie that's biggest, pro- a movie universe rather, that's biggest problem to me was everything's muted. It's going to look like an open world RPG from the 2006 Xbox 360 time. This is like. Where we forgot that we had colors besides green, green and brown yep. and gray. The Zack Snyder. Uh, color palette <laughs> yeah we're just gonna take all of it out it was so like vibrant. rich and vibrant it's and alive stunning and all of that right away just like hooked me into where we are in this 
whole universe yeah. in place. And I loved the movie. I thought everything about it was also just firing on all cylinders. It was shot well. The design was good. This was easily the best looking Gotham's looked since 1989. Since the Burton Batman, yeah. Absolutely. Correct. Because the Christopher Nolan Gotham City is incredible, Terry. It is. It's so good, but you know what it but is? But we also live there. We, we've been to Chicago. It's Chicago. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's not bad. No, but it's for these to In be fact, a comic at the time, world. That's what great. I wanted. Right. When I wanted a realistic, grounded Batman, exactly. go to Chicago. But for us who are comic readers or fans of Batman, Gotham exists in this world where it's hyper-realistic. There's some things that are a little bit over the top, a little bit macabre, and that's what the Tim Burton one did. And this one does it in a different way by getting super colorful. And, and It's and, a middle ground between what like the old Universal monster sets they used mm-hmm. on 89 Batman used and Nolan's universe it kind of fuses them together when you get to the set pieces like even the prison but uh the circus at the end and acme chemical and this colorful club and bar but you still see these like run down streets and it's grimy and desolate and broken down uh and that was probably my favorite thing in the movie because much like sex in the city with new york gotham is a character it is a character in, in itself it is it's a character in itself um yeah the color you know when this was all said and done i was sitting there like i loved everything the writing the the writing specifically because i i think there's this movie is really i don't want to know if i'll say it's full-on funny like haha but it's very clever it's very witty it's it's it feels refreshing and effervescent um and it's one of those ones where the writer who also did Bumblebee, which I loved too. I'm starting to like, I want to watch everything she does. But I just walked out like, yo, that was a good time. And I have not had that in a DCEU film. I almost want to say, like there have been parts of it where I really didn't like. Like Wonder Woman was my closest. This That ending really bugged me. This one is the first time where I'm like, from start to finish, you nail the landing. Everything really works in this film. I thought that it also was a little bit deeper than a lot of the other DCEU movies were. There's where some context, yeah. I like Batman versus Superman had to kind of had tried to have these bigger it themes attempted, and yeah. ideas and superhero versus superhero and right. everything else like Man of Steel, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and Shazam all have kind of dealt with these concepts of identity and who these people are and what they mean and who are we. And they all kind of land in the same place that's I'm a superhero and I should stay and this. And this is what I'll this. do. Correct. And this is a much more unique way of doing a, I don't want to say coming of age story, but a coming of age story yeah. of I've built my entire life around this person this and this relationship and than what that means. Persona. Right. And now that's all gone. Yeah. And who am I? And what does it mean? And instead of where normally with those kind of stories, I feel like they just throw the character into another relationship and it's well now it's a healthy one right all of this they really let her stand on her own at the end and find her own place in gotham and where she's going and it's not even complete yet no it's much more of a like oh well i got over that this thing and i can stand on my own now the next chapter to see what where else i grow from here for that yeah uh it's it's handled really well i think it would be real easy to just say that this is a oh so and so like the Harley Quinn is broken up from the Joker and this is just a sad movie. It's not. It's about her finding herself. It's about her kind of doing. She's a gray area character, so there's some things she does that like really are dickish. But it's her learning from those and kind of growing. Like I may that may not be the best spot to be a human being. I might need to fix that. It really shows you too when people get out of those kind of relationships and they go oh i was being the person they wanted mm-hmm. i don't even know if i am a villain or right. if i, I don't agree know right. with I, was, this. I don't know if everything that i did was on my own accord how much of these bad things are just like a hangover from what i was doing right. or like worse it also speaking of hangover it's an r-rated movie that kind of earned its rating but i think if you even took away the f-bombs and the bigger violence it does not steer away from really being an adult human, movie and having these like, yeah. oh, I was hungover and needed yeah. really good breakfast. So, and- so that is the thing I think I walked out like, I this is a comic book movie at heart, but it feels like an older, like a grown up, I won't say romance film, like it's a grown up thematic, like plus, almost plus 20, like 
coming of age story where you're like, all right, look, I got some stuff that I went through in my younger years that I need to kind of just get out. And it feels different than like the Shazam where you're like, oh, they were dealing with kid stuff. This is actually stuff that grownups go through. And that might be why some of the audience is a little all over the place. They don't know what's, what this is. But I feel like this plays to a much more grown up audience than pretty much any of the other any of the other stuff that's in the DCEU. Um, yeah. And some of the stuff that like Marvel And it does it in a with. smarter way where normally when they're dealing with like adult themes, it's like, well, is power Beat you, you over the head. You with, become abusive right. with power, and of course power corrupts. And this is much more adult and like, yeah, it's, no, we've all had a hangover and yeah, wanted that good it's sandwich. Nuanced. I want that sandwich. And then if you if you make me lose my sandwich, I will cry. <laughs> yeah, these oddly like small relatable moments. Yeah. I think the other one that everyone's talking about about that I'm sure you and I have never gone through. I might more than you do because I have hair is when she hands the hair tie to Black Canary in the fight. It's these little moments that make the characters more three-dimensional and much more realistic realistic. to the context. Because even like... Even watching Black Canary like grab her hair in that fight, I was like, "Oh, I've seen that happen when I did martial arts. Yeah. I have seen the women who are like, it's just it's everywhere." Yeah, like I definitely know women who like, "You have a hair tie," and her just like hair tie, and I was like, "It's great." There's so many little moments that they have that just make me smile. Like I might not be just outright laughter, but it's so fun and like quirky and effortless. Like all of a sudden, Harley's wearing roller skates. Like when does she have time to do a shoe change? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, a lot of those, her with the kid also had a lot of those just great. smaller moments of like pouring cereal yeah. for each other and eating and teaching her all these like wrong lessons in the grocery store. A lot of just very small directing beats that made everything feel a lot more and, real. And it's an intelligent use of the story and structure to like have Harley be the over the voiceover, but also kind of like tell it in a non-linear, but also kind of like, she's not telling us everything or not telling us everything that we need to know at this moment. And that works for Harley Quinn because she is sort of like a scatterbrain. Well, that's one thing I really liked about what they did with her character because her character has always been smart. Right. It's always been this weird, well, she has a PhD and she was a and therapist. And I love that and, they play back to that quite a few times in the film. Yeah. And it's really easy, I think, to just make her crazy and wacky and fun and she's gonna hit you with a big hammer and run around in her tight outfit and there are a lot of moments in this that i think would have been cliche superhero tropes had she not sat down and like broken down the psychology of what's going on correct her big scene with black mask where it is oh well now you're just gonna monologue to me but really and you think you're a big character because daddy didn't love you enough but really what's going on (laughs) right and her even looking at moments and making like quicker decisions Mm -hmm. uh there's a lot of stuff margot robbie does with her eyes and hands of like oh do i trust this moment what's going on here am i looking around yeah that helps having a great actress play a character that could if in other hands could go one way or the other terribly wrong yeah because she always it's she's one of those characters where she has to be intelligent she's fighting batman yeah like the right Characters like Victor Zaz, who are also smarter in this movie. And they definitely, I, I always fear with her that sometimes they lose the fact that she used to be a psychiatrist. Like, that's a big thing for her. And so it, it's, it's she understands people probably faster most of the time than the people understand themselves. It, she just doesn't get herself. And that's, that's fascinating. I think that's a really great angle to play right. on the character. And they do that a lot in the comics, too, of like, she kind of gets everything going on around her. Right. But because she fell into this abusive, toxic thing with the Joker, her own compass for herself is is so so far gone. And I think that's a very honest thing to give. I think a lot of people, I know I used to do it in high school a lot, where it was like, well, Blake will give you such good advice. And I remember I was like, but but what about me? What about my, (laughs) somebody got something for me? Because I'm out here. (laughs) Who's watching The Watchmen? (laughs) It's always that, you know, that beat of like, well, you know, I took a psychology class to learn what's going on with me. Well, that's right. not how it works. Yeah. Doctors still go to doctors when they need she, stitches. Exactly. You exactly. don't see them taking their own temperature and prescribing meds. In but, fact, it's illegal. I think I that's think. why one of my favorite, there's a lot of good beats in it, but one of my favorite beats in this movie is when she, I want to tell it all, but like when she is turned on by a person she trusted and she, just the look on her face is like, wait, you dropped a dime on me? Like... I thought, and I'm like, oh, that that was heartbreaking because it's like the one person she thought was fine. Watching her almost completely change and having somebody so innocent in the world be the one that like sells her out, right? And then 
just that quick switch right of I protect like, myself now. Yep, never mind. <laughs> yeah. This is how the world is. Right. Everyone's selling each other out. Right. Is also very good for a because normally the anti-hero story is they die or they get to carry on with their life right. or they get to go back to the life they had. Those are usually the three options. Correct. You just get to keep being forgiven over and over and over right. again and you keep doing the same thing over or they Walter White you. Right. And it was cool having this character kind of land in this place where she didn't keep get to keep doing the same things right. and the choices she made affected everybody continuously <clears throat> yeah. through the movie. And she also stayed alive because why would we get rid get of rid that? Of the, probably, yeah. <laughs> Some of the best casting in the Correct. DCEU. <laughs> yeah. um, so, again, the only other thing to kind of touch on is Black Mask, but we'll get into that more with the adaptation of it because I have more to say on that. Uh, this is obviously adapted from the Birds of Prey comic, which yeah. its first volume was in 1995, which went on with Batgirl and a couple others. And this is clearly much more connected to Gail Simone's Birds of Prey in 2003. Right. Which, to spare a whole huge history lesson of, is a very good run that kind of came in with the New 52 and into DC Rebirth. She took it over halfway through, but when asked what makes Birds of Prey unique, specifically when she added Huntress to the rosters, she said, the thing about Birds of Prey that's different from other team-up books is that each character provided a foil for each other that isn't just like, let's fight for 20 minutes. And it got me thinking more about the characters in this and the adaptation angle of it. Do you think these characters provide kind of that almost more emotional foil to one they, another? Yeah. They're constantly building and growing off of each other. Yeah, I, I, it happens all the time with the men one. The men one's like the way of like interacting with each other is to kick, kick, punch, punch. Whereas I feel like in this, um, there's a way more back and forth. And it helps, it helps that, like we said earlier, that... Harley is a psychiatrist, but it helps that they kind of like, they do, they each other as sounding boards, but they like, you are this, this, and this. Like the scene when Black Canary and Harley, well, first meet, that timeline line might be wrong, but when they're in the bar and they first interact on screen, is great because it's like Black Canary is going through some stuff in her brain and Harley's just three sheets of the wind drunk. But they interact and they, they Harley usually gets the one up on everybody verbal, verbal wise. And Black Canary is like right there with her. Well, and even the small moment there where she is drunk and she kind of says to her like, you know what the Harley Quinn is? Yeah. They don't give two fucks who you are right. past that. Right. I think for Black Canary's arc, that kind of hits her because she goes from being the singer to getting spied on doing the fighting right. and is just like, we don't when care if you don't want to be the driver, you're the, you're driver, the driver now. now. You don't, you're not like, in control. Yeah, right. You're nothing right. except for the tool that Black Mask thinks you are. Right. And you without are play thing and I can move you wherever I want to play, put you at. And without Harley kind of pushing that. Yeah. And even when you get to the climax and they're all together, everyone's motivations are so different Correct. that they are kind of all pushing each other in these other places. Even, uh, the detective gets Montoya. Yeah. Montoya gets this whole arc of like, well, they're doing it this way, and I kind of right. thought that was bad, but clearly the police force is isn't corrupt this no, time. No, they're not. They're they just are just shitty. inept. Right? Yeah. We, <laughs> we kind of do a different take of the Gotham Police Department that I liked a lot, where they're not corrupt and bad, and you know, if you don't take it, we right. can't trust you. They're just not good. And it is even like <laughs> this job. guy was in the right place at the right time and just didn't give credit, and mm -hmm. one of the detectives was like, fingers up to that. Right. Like, I'll take it. Yeah. And kind of watching all of them do that, even in the fights, you have like Huntress giving the car yeah. to build them up and watching everybody do have that. Have their own. Yeah, it worked. They worked. They were getting it. Huntress being the super aggressor of all of it and her having a reason to be based on her past and and how it all. I, that was smart how that all tied together, too. I like I like that a lot. Um, but she when they're in there, even in their fighting styles, she's uber aggressive like she's the like i'm yeah. going to be like when they slide down and she's just like it's fast it's we do fantastic. not deserve mary elizabeth no. winston <laughs> no, she, she is <laughs> when so she's good. on that slide and gets just up and, and then comes up. back <laughs> it's so good or when she's on those like weird bouncing yeah. tongue oh, things she's killing it holy hell <laughs> yeah um so good and that and then uh, one of my issues that i had in the suicide squad stuff was that harley her fighting style she didn't really have one and it didn't make sense versus a witch here what she does it, it works for her she's more of the gymnast like the, the acrobatic yeah. version of it and like and i get it and that that's that's solid 
Canary's a ass kicker herself. She and but I love how her power. She doesn't want to use hers. It's more of like I my parents had this too, and I don't want to put this. This is a frightening thing for me to use. Like right. it's hard for me to use this. Um, so yeah, I th- I love that they they all had something that they was their specialty, and they all had something that they kind of even in the end it wasn't easy for them to form a team. And right. the way that it kind of all comes together, they're still not really a complete unit with, with yeah. all the people in, in play. Yeah. Which I also like that there was this there wasn't this like Nick Fury like now we're all together. at the end. <laughs> right. Well now now Gotham knows <laughs> yeah. and there's a new blah blah it was two of them are there with Montoya and, and Harley's <laughs> right. off doing her own <laughs> right. thing. Like, don't worry about it. Which I think works really well for her too, because they I like this version of Harley a lot, and it, her character really grew from her premiere in the Batman animated series in the comics. I think it really kind of started at the New 52 when she was in the Suicide Squad, and it was her and Joker are done, and now right. she's going crazy and f- tries to go steal the cut-off Joker face and successfully does it. And then I think it's after Death of the Family... Harley gets her own solo book that pushes her away from Joker and Batman and the Suicide Squad and everything else, where she does start to be the landlady at Coney Island. She joins the roller derby team. It's when she starts valuing human life and animal life more and, like, keeps trying to improve the quality in her own, like, small town. Right. Uh, Which I thought they did really well here, kind of showing her slowly start to... To, Yeah value people and things Mm -hmm. and the hyena and the girls on her team and this little girl and watching her like not care and start to be motherly and then not being like all right look i i kind of need to take care of this girl she can't take care of herself and not quite being able to do it right not knowing how to because she's always been taken care of in her in her relationship right yeah and her kind of pushing out of even like black masks like well now i own her and right all of her protection for the joker is gone and all of these grievance excuse me all of these grievances these people have coming back to get her and her slowly right. just not wanting it anymore mm-hmm. was i think a much more interesting way to go about the character than just having her praetor parade around on deviant art for yeah people to overly sexualized version i think we're way past the like mcfarlane 90s big big breasted women yeah i I, the armor and the rpg that covers your nipple right (laughs) and and that's good because i don't know there was like a viral tweet going around that i don't want to talk about much where someone was like the movie's not gonna do well because, because the women aren't hot and i was like women, first yeah. of all if you don't think Margot have you Robbie, seen those three women all three of them <laughs> Jernay smollett is stunning <laughs> like, <laughs> right if you don't think mary elizabeth winsett and margot robbie are attractive right. on their own <laughs> without you putting them in like skimpy clothing then there's something wrong something with you. is yes yeah, something's off in your brain right. and also when was the last time that defined a box office <laughs> right <laughs> That has never, ever been a thing. Jesus. Not that I can think of, at least. I don't remember Black Panther cracking a billion because they were like, Chadwick Boseman walks around in a bikini song. And it is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Not why that movie made a billion dollars. Yeah. Everyone remembers the swimsuit scene in Endgame. (laughs) All those scenes in Mission Impossible with Tom Cruise and the team just running around in underwear. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? It's, yeah. So that, like, I think they did Harley really well by that. And then you get to Black Mask, who doesn't really have the deepest lore. He's always been a really good character, but, you know, they kind of run through his... He's one of the few villains that in his first appearance, you do get the entire backstory. The entire story comes out immediately. Yeah, which yeah. I appreciate, because yeah. sometimes they introduce a villain, and they're like, oh, could it be? We'll get to it in a couple of issues. Thanks. Um, but it really is about these masks, his parents who value society and power and High status class. over yeah. their son and force their son to play with Bruce Wayne so that they'll be seen and right. noticed. And he grows up to resent that and hates these fake masks that people wear mm-hmm. and kind of goes through building up the underworld and becomes sort of that character with the uh, the false face society, which yeah. isn't in this movie, but it kind of is. Sort of, yeah. It's just not really They're said. Not, no, yeah, they don't verbalize it. He is one of the characters that I've always liked, but is always a little too close 
psychologically to other Batman True. villains. Two Face and and Oswald come up immediately as like, oh, you're using Crime Boss. Like that's what they are. Well, when they made him have multiple personality disorder it's in the New Fifty Two, yeah. I was like, this is filled by Two Face. Yeah. Uh, the concept of like everyone wears masks and this is my mask and we all do it because we're all fake. Right. I like a lot and that goes really into kind of what the Joker did in the 89 Batman of well, I took off my mask Gotham. Let's see if he'll you? take off yeah. his. Um, and he's barely in Rebirth and Rebirth he's just running around with uh, Penguin and somebody else making the black, the and, black, white. And, the white black and white yeah, yeah. and hiring KG Beast yeah. to take out Batman which... Yeah. Is fine. I've always liked him because he is just like the big, cool-looking crime boss. He looks great. Like it's a great you visual. You know, knock you out. Right. That being said, Owen, you and McGregor in this Oof. one as an adaptation of the Black Mask that I know mostly from the Arkham Asylum video games. This is infinitely more interesting. Yeah. Than any of those villains. He's chewing scenery, but he's doing it in a very subtle and like a pre like appreciate and still dangerous way dripping with style it is we it's haven't so had a villain no. that just oozes style yeah. like this in a long time but also can make you feel 1000% uncomfortable like he he feels like oh he is one of the, the classiest men in this room but also the most off the hinges and will do some crazy stuff type of gentleman as well and yeah. there's like two sequences that I can really think of that I'm like oh he is uncomfortable one of them we talked about off mic with the whole club sequence with the woman but even when he has Victor Saz hanging those people up and he's talking to the girl and he, she's just like, I'm going to let you go. And then it's like, was that a snot button? Get, get, kill her. Get, get this out of here. Just cutting off those people's, people's faces. faces. That was I, good. It's, 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 it's fascinating to watch him work. You, it's, you, I haven't had a villain like this that I was this just enthralled with every time they were on screen in well, a long time. A villain, too, who isn't really competing with anybody but is trying really hard to buy his place in the underworld he's not really working to earn it there is no the joker's dead and there's a power vacuum there is no two-face has this territory this territory he just wants to make enough money to kind of force everyone to behave the way he He wants wants. them to yeah and when they don't he like throws a tantrum tantrum. but a violent a super violent tantrum right and the way he just kind of collects things and this weird concept of ownership yeah. that kind of drips through, like really parallels what Harley's it trying does. to do. But And they're both oddly affected by the Joker. Like this, this character that's not on screen. Like he 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 wants more. He wants to take over work knowing that that guy is still the number one. But I want I want to do my I want to buy, buy my, my piece. piece. Right, exactly. And it's, it's weird because there's nothing really... Beyond that to him. No. He's, he's just kind just of like wants that. a pissed off kid. Right. And I love that. It's great. I love that we just have this like petulant child that just wants everything. They add a lot more layers to him than a lot of the comics do. And I think it's a a much different take for a Gotham villain. It is. Who are normally like very serious and scary and lethal. And they're going to control you through fear, fear and power. He would rather control you through just like money. Power and money. Like, he yeah. wants to own you the way corporations Correct. already own us. Correct. Um, and I love... We haven't really seen... We've, we got a small one in Christopher Nolan's, but we really hadn't seen anything with Victor's size on screen. And this was a really well put together. Because Victor normally is just an awful We use him as killer. the character that looks crazy because he's cut up and he kind of exists to just show how easily Batman can beat a normal, normal person. person. Right. And here he has way more layers. He's like... Uh, in a weird way, he fetishizes and and idolizes Roman so much that like anything that goes wrong, anything that's like going against him, I have to tell him or I have to protect him because he is my guy. It's I, almost like, and I, they kind of play it up like maybe they're in a relationship. Gay, which, like there's some homo, like erotic, but who cares? Which I feel Even like we've had is, this conversation to death. Just do it. Right. If you're in it, no just do it. No one's upset about it. Right. Just do it. Um... That would have been great. That would have been a very interesting thing to have. But I think it felt like somebody was a little afraid to put their foot. But at all least the they didn't the do the thing where they were like DC's first gay yeah, yeah, superhero yeah. might exist. Correct. Like, correct. You know they didn't Avengers Infinity War. Marvels. That's about yeah. <laughs> the first gay Marvel character. <laughs> or Star he Wars. cried at the salad. Or Star Wars. Like the first. Let stop. Yeah. It. They yeah. Kiss no. In the we, background. Shut up. We didn't Disney it. At least <laughs> we just had these kind of effeminate characters, which right. is also like. 
Not a not bad a, thing to right. just be like. They just are offended. Here's a like, yeah. fluid dude who right. just living. He doesn't care. Correct. Um, but yeah, they really build up Victor to be more of this like weird caregiver for him. Yeah. Like, it, it's another codependent relationship. It I is. think it kind of echoes what Harley and the Joker were. He he, he is Harley. They're the bottom the shelf cereal yeah, of correct. Harley and yeah. the Joker. Yeah, which is a really cool thing to parallel to just go this is how it was he right. was the guy who's like pull over i do everything for him i right. pull and i baby him and right. i i wash him and i'm always there and if i'm not there then everything's gonna go the, off the wall everything's gonna fall apart and then he gets shot in the neck <laughs> uh by huntress who yeah. i felt like her story being wedged in here was awesome but it, there was enough meat on that bone that I could have had a whole movie. Yeah, I loved she this felt character. out of all the three main women, Montoya actually even got more screen time. I just feel like she got the least amount of screen time, and it just felt like I was a bit missing. But it all, but I think they tied it in well by making it, Zaz yes, one of the. It ties squad. in all together. And I'm like, okay, she was kind of always here, and I think Mary Elizabeth is killing it so much that when she's on screen, I'm like, all right, fine, I'll I'll take the little bit that I got because I don't know if I could take that energy an entire film but getting it in those doses I'm like alright this works I, another I character this. that I feel like they made a little bit more three dimensional I feel like the Huntress, Huntress the last very, live action Huntress yeah. was an arrow right and it the was the most recent yes yeah. Yeah, yeah where it was like I just love Oliver and I'm mm, gone correct. and yeah. I feel like that's kind of what we do with that character a lot and kind Even of having the BOP show, show back in the day that was kind well, of well we don't no one needs to talk about that <laughs> I don't even think Crisis on Infinite Earth had that they did <laughs> they had it. They had her on the rooftop God at one point <laughs> oh yeah that came out <laughs> that's a thing we tried man there yeah. was a weird era where we just threw it all out of the wall out there man I forgot about the Birds of Prey TV show <laughs> it doesn't matter though <laughs> having her be this super badass assassin that's like deeply insecure and mm -hmm. working on the rest and we've never seen a character brand themselves Which right not in, not in the film stuff no so watching her kind of keep trying to have these the like, mirror, like i'm the huntress yeah. and subtle jokes you where they call me the Huntress, and then Harley yeah. interrupts. She, she calls, calls herself, herself Huntress. <laughs> I was like, that's a very smart... It's clever. Like a, That's like an old-school Simpson under-the-radar bit. It is. Um, and watching her keep struggling to have this identity, and even the people kind of like, well, it's a bow and arrow, and it's, it's crossbows. It's not a bow and arrow. I'm not 12. <laughs> but I love that when she does do her thing and, and basically all her people are off the list. Harley just kind of like you, even though it's an off the cuff moment, she's kind of gives her that psych moment. Like you aren't going to be any happier now that everybody's gone. Like, you yeah, still that's are another be moment where she plays therapist. Right. And she's like, you know, revenge is very rarely the catharsis that we're looking <laughs> right. for. And actually you're just going to keep going down this spiral. And it was moments like that where, Harley's that smart that she can do it that quickly right. and then like move Go on. right back on. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I love. I also loved her in the diner at the end with the tacos when everyone's like, here, we're just such a badass. Yeah. Well, I liked how you, uh, you could kick really high in those pants. <laughs> she doesn't know how to interact with she people, has no people right. because she's been this She's been stilted obsessed. off on the island for, for days. She has no idea how to interact with people, especially women. She's like, I guess this is sure we can do this together, I guess. I would have loved, and I know why we didn't have it, but they have that moment of, oh, we have to clean up the streets on our own. Let's go be the birds of prey. This is Gotham City. And I know that we now live in a world. We've made it there, right? In right. Iron Man 3, everyone was like, where are the Avengers? Just call right. the Avengers. Bah, bah, bah. We all had to get used to the same thing comic books do, where just they don't always get Sometimes to call. Sometimes they're not people. always around. Right. right. Like, people are busy. Right. But I was like, oh, man, they, that would have been a really great moment to just have a, like, well, Batman's off world with the Justice League. Right. There, no one's in Gotham. Yeah. Or some weird, like, we can mm. now keep doing these movies, but don't worry about Ben Affleck's right. Batman. Yeah. Or just like he's busy he's with the Joker and right. Freeze. We'll right. handle this. We'll get this stuff while he handles this. This is not as right. Mysterio said in Far From Home, an Avengers, Avengers level right. threat. Right. You could have kind of had that and really But that's where I don't know what DC wants to do. This that's the very end coda is where I was kind of I won't say the movie messed up, but I was like, now you're making me think about your future and I don't see a clear cut plan. Like are we gonna get I are we gonna get a birds of prey? proper with like the with Montoya and Huntress and Batgirl. Canary and Batgirl in there right are we going to get that or are we going to get 
well, Harley, we know where she's going to end up next. There's another Suicide Squad coming, and she's in that. So we know where, what happens to her. But does, is, does that movie act like this film exists? Like, is that Suicide Squad before or after this? Like, that's, do we get in that Suicide Squad the Harley Quinn that has kind of grown up a little bit and is like now a bit more aware is that of who suicide she is. Squad or is that a completely different part of this? Exactly. I was like, that's where I'm confused with what the DCEU is doing because I don't know if all of these are one-offs or one of sometimes. <coughs> yeah, yeah, this this part will plug in, this part we won't. I don't know. Yeah, they have a very weird drag and drop situation. Yeah. Because obviously this is never going to be part of Joker. No. Which is fine. Right. Because uh, I don't want that. No, I don't want... I don't, as much as Joker is solid, I don't want my comic book Batman stuff. I want to get the freaky That's stuff. A very I want Clayface. I want all of those yeah. we- weird things that Batman kind of leans into. That's what I'm ready off. for. Right. I'm ready for some weirder Batman yeah. stuff. Give me Clayface and the ventriloquist. Yeah, I want the ventriloquist. And... I want the Mad Hatter. Like, I want all of that weird stuff. Um, so let's talk about this box office that now everyone ooh, is talking about. Man. So it is the, unfortunately... The lowest of the DCEU at a domestic opening of 33. Now, proper context, worldwide it has made 81.2 million off of its 84 million production budget. Right. So when we throw around words like bomb, mm-hmm. that's inaccurate. Yeah. Under expectations Under is expectations. a perfectly fine sentence to say. And we still have to see how it continues on multiple weeks to see if we can put it in that bomb category. But yeah, when you you know compare it, and some of this is even, I don't think that we have superhero fatigue yet. No. I think we'll know if we have superhero fatigue. When we get to Wonder Woman. Not, I don't even think then. I think we have to get all the way past Eternals. Yes. I think once... To see if the stuff posts uh, Infinity if War... Black Widow Endgame, and Eternals right, right, and Shang-Chi don't quite do, connect. Correct. Then I'll be ready. But because it, it's stupid to say there's fatigue when the Joker made a billion dollars and is right. nominated for an Oscar. Um, I, I think there's several factors into this, but like... The Marvel ones will be a clear cut because Marvel has, up until Endgame, has had this, when you see the Marvel logo, right? people are showing up at best at this point. Right, and um, look, I mean, like, Dark Phoenix didn't do well, right. so it's not the first time. Correct. But what do you think happened? Um, right off the gate, I think we said at the beginning, I think the marketing for this film was atrocious. Uh, I think... The Define atrocious because the marketing is everywhere. It but, is, but, but I media think placement media is placement, only part of marketing. Correct. I think the trailers were not good. I don't think those were either of them. The first, the first or final trailer were really cut that well. Um, I think the first one looked it was super stylized, so you kind of got an idea of what was going like as far as the the visuals they were going for. But it didn't feel like it was something that I needed to see in the theater. I think those colorful posters were a little too much. Felt like a Photoshop realm type of thing as opposed to being. Uh, something that I could actually tangibly get my my brain around to watch, but I think the some of the biggest things I don't know if this studio honestly felt that they had something here because this is a feels like a dump off date and something that movie reviews typically don't have day before embargoes unless there's unless a there's a problem. You are immediately putting a white flag up to say, oh, we don't know, we don't believe in this, we don't think this is something. And then these reviews come out. If this has been getting get allowed to have the reviews the Friday before, I mean, look at the audiences Joker would have shown up. Embargo. Right. Yeah. It was like a month before, and all Correct. anyone was talking about was how this was the biggest That's thing in the correct. world, the greatest movie ever made. Walking Phoenix is transformative. Mm-hmm. You also had a little bit of controversy. People right. like a good controversy. Um, but I'm glad. But yeah, I'm glad you said that. I don't think the studio really believed in it. Yeah. Uh, which is really a shame. It sucks. It really kind of shows that there's somebody at Warner Brothers who just doesn't know what they have. Yeah, or and also it shows me that the folks at Warner Brothers, whoever is in charge of their DCEU stuff or their DC stuff, don't know comics. Like, don't know these films. Like, well, don't know these been characters the case for a long time. Yeah, and and that's very evident in the way that they they've treated this film because I think honestly. More, more so than Shazam, more so even than Aquaman, because that's not that Aquaman is not the Aquaman that is in comics. This is the closest that you get to a one to one what these characters are in Harley, in comics. Shazam, that, right? Wonder Woman, <clears throat> they kind of hit, hit on the on head. head. Yeah, it's, it's just I I just don't know. They don't have it's clearly they don't have a Kevin Feige on that end yet to kind of like this is what this character represents. Even if we do some things that are a little slightly different. 
we still get the heart of this character. This movie gets the heart of this character. I just don't think anybody in that those studios believed in whatever that was. Right. I'm also glad you brought up the date. Yeah. Uh, I think January is always January, with Correct. the exception of Bad Boys for Life. Yeah, that's a. Uh, historically, this date has had the Lego Movie, the Lego Movie Two. Mm-hmm. A lot of kids' movies have been in this area because you get the President's Day weekend the following, like around this time. And that's yeah. been this new ever since the Kingsman, and I think even before that, like the original Daredevil and Ghost Rider had that weekend too. But Kingsman. Blew, blew it up. up. R-rated blew Nuts. it up. Yeah. Deadpool then annihilated yeah. it. We've had this trend no, of Panther the... was in here, but it wasn't an R-rated film, but it's the still... And yeah. that's a very unique... That's a outlier, because that's a <laughs> specific thing. But yes, like, yes, that also had that right. weekend. Right. There's other factors right. to Black yes. Panther. <laughs> right. um, I don't know that I think this date is just a throwaway date. I agree that it's a little weird. Uh, that being said... Next weekend with President's Day and Valentine's Day is already competitive. Sonic the Hedgehog, Fantasy Island, and The Photograph. Photograph, which is a romantic film for Valentine's Day. Do we think this would have done better next week in that PG-13 horror family film? Because you're you're splitting everything. This is an R-rated film. Sonic's a kid's film. Photograph's a romantic film. And then Fantasy Island's a horror film, which is kind of a almost PG-13 a direct... teen horror film, I think? Which means the kids that... The girls, especially the audience that have Harley Quinn, who should be seeing this, who can't because it's R-rated, will probably be seeing yeah. Fantasy Island instead. And I think there are people... Post-track now, like Comscore post-track that always has after it, which will show you the demos and what people are saying as they walk out of the theater always kind of has here's what everyone's saying and everyone's saying a lot about this movie and everyone's kind of you know should we go should we not go but they'll tell you that an average moviegoer now and this was also in the NPAA's 2019 study that just came out one movie in theaters a month if that makes you a moviegoer if you think a Ferrari looks cool right. you're a car person yeah like that's a that, that's bad if right. we're now being like this is what a moviegoer does they probably have already spent their dollar on bad boys and are probably going to spend their next dollar at Valentine's Day, President's Day, Day weekend. Right. Either with the family for Sonic, with the teens See, for Fantasy or Island, on film. the date for the photograph. Right. Who knows? This movie might have this weird second it could get leggy. thing. It might pull an Aquaman and just be in theaters till right. the end of time. Yeah. Because um, we also are going to now have like Blumhouse against Blumhouse with Fantasy Island one week and then in week two it'll be the Invisible, Invisible Man. Man. yeah. So... Uh, so I, yeah, I think it kind of got sandwiched between a lot of stuff. It also is really kind of a weird thing to say. General movie going audiences, I don't think connect to Harley Quinn as much as comic book purchasers who love the character. It's very specific. And without the movie star, which I always am one to be like, eh, you don't always need it. You don't always need it. You don't. You need something, though. Yeah. And I love Margot Robbie, and everyone loves Margot Robbie, and she's, and she's so super good. super talented actress. But I don't know that she's... She's a draw. Ever. Bombshell didn't do great. This I, ta- didn't do I great. Tanya I Tanya didn't yeah. do great. She's an Academy... Like, she's an Oscar type an of character. Oscar. Which those movies never have a box office pull like right. that. Um I, like I said earlier too, I also think that the, the 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 median age of a Harley Quinn fan is going to be that thirteen to seventeen year old girl. That's the other thing. So yeah. this, let's talk about this rating really quick because my only other bullet here is online hype doesn't equal mainstream success, which I don't think we need to talk about much. That's just true. It's a fact. Yeah. Um, the R-rated superhero movie that everyone's been clamoring for since Deadpool. Yeah. We're in it. We're not yeah. afraid of it anymore. No. Logan, Deadpool, Deadpool two. Joker, Birds of Prey. I think it's time for a new conversation. Does it always need to be R-rated just because we think it would be fun? No. Does I, Birds of Prey need to be R-rated? You know what's funny? Because I, I don't, like, I, my interaction or my um, first awareness of Harley, Harley Quinn was on the Batman animated series. And that was a PG, PG-13 animated show. Nothing that that character did at that point or has done since then made me believe that she ever needed to be in a film that was rated R. 
nothing like you they went out of their way to add these f-bombs and all of this, a little bit more violence just to be edgy and kind of like oh we can get that deadpool audience while doing that completely losing the actual audience they had well it's a weird thing when they mash up characters from marvel and dc they oftentimes do now be like deadpool and harley because they're both silly, silly right and i don't think that's fair i think what these characters are actually about and represent is very very different correct i think the only reason we do that is because they're like the times 10 comic book silliness silliness, comedy stuff and they're meta they break the fourth wall a lot yeah Yeah. um i don't think this needed to be r-rated i'm glad it was but yeah there are moments that it feels good to be r but you you can cut some things out the content was adult enough with like the right. hangovers, the bad relationships, the bombs. I always go back to The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight is a PG-13 film. It feels like it's R because just the weight of, that, the weight of some things in yeah. that movie. But it's a PG-13 film. This movie could have easily been a PG-13 if you drop half of those F-bombs. That, that's what makes this R. And there's a little sequence with, with uh, Victor and, and Roman doing a, a cut-up of people's faces. You can still do that scene. You can do that and cut just away. Don't, right, just do a cutaway. Which if, they already do. We don't see a. We don't see. It. We you never see, see the, the face. face. We just see him holding a yeah. flat. But like, you, if you remove that scene, you're right back into PG-13 again. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that would have opened up for the families. It would have opened up for the teens who want to go on their own, who right. are just going to like buy a ticket to something else and sneak in or whatever. Correct. Um, and I think also like backing that up even further, Harley Quinn is popular with. 10 year olds and 12 year olds mm-hmm. and she's on lunch boxes she's like that especially now that she has another show out and then she's been on the the, the dc superhero show with the other girls like harley yeah. is known for a, as a younger audience and you've just said nah we don't want to talk to you guys right <laughs> which is really a shame because you could have made this as unique and special of a movie and not gone for it and i don't i don't know outside of like a couple of the fun times that they swore i was like i'm glad we went mm-hmm. for this um, we're like Joker. I'm like, I'm glad we yeah. put that R on there. Right. And it really let us do some fucking weird stuff. Yeah. But like, I don't know. I don't need my Batman to be R. I don't need Guardians to be R. No. I don't, like, sometimes I'm like, it would be really fun to have like a dark, edgy, PG-13, demon in a bottle Iron Man movie. You but me, I don't need Iron Man to be there's R. There's some people that I'm like, they have to be R. Like Punisher, he R. should be R. <laughs> right. Daredevil, you can get away with that, right? So he's say. in the Dark Knight and Ryan where he's gonna be GPG thirteen slash R. You can go either way, um, but there's like Spawn. If we ever get back to that, probably should be R. Like yep. I think PG thirteen is where you mess up with that film. Um, but like stuff like Harley, like mostly Gotham gets in this place where they feel like the stuff that happens in Gotham should be R just because it's dark. It's a macabre type of world. It doesn't need to be R. You can get that with just. PG-13 and, and the ambiance of the world. Yeah. Well, I think you nailed it when it was like, look at the Batman Begins right. Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah. That's some of the most intense superhero <laughs> stuff that we've right. seen. It's Scarecrow, not Scarecrow is used in that and he, he's killing it as a PG-13 character. The Arkham Asylum games right. are not M-rated games and, <laughs> right. but they're still like what is going brutal <laughs> right. at times. Yeah. Uh, I guess if we want to just run it down really quick and do a comparative box office, I don't want to harp on it too much, but I do think it's worth being like, what went wrong? Yeah. Because I also don't want to live in a world where someone just goes, well, they don't go to the women movies. And I also don't want to live in a world where people are going, the terrible men. Although those that second group does exist. They are there. Um, and I am upset about that. Yeah, I wish they didn't. I don't think that this movie didn't do well because the women aren't like, are, that's just, are just, are I don't even want to finish it. the sentence. Yeah. Um, bad marketing, closing off half your audience. Yeah, and I get it, right? Sometimes the R rating I also, launches you to billions. I will also say this: while Suicide Squad made a lot of money, it also was critically panned, and a lot of people did not like that movie. This yeah. feels like the sequel That's to the that. That's the other big thing, right? And this, you know what? Your eye should do the comp box office. Man of Steel's domestic was 116 million, BVS 166, and that will be the only time it goes up. Yeah. Suicide Squad, 133. Wonder Woman, 103. Justice League, 93. Aquaman, 67. That's an outlier because it had legs and went to a billion. Right. But it crossed a billion in like the end of January. January. It stayed a while because it was during the holiday season, so it kept going. Yeah. Shazam. And people forget what that holiday looked like. That was our year without Star Wars where it was like a... It was just that. It was like we killed off a gang boss (laughs) and everyone vied for the space. I'm taking it. Bumblebee Man, Spider-Verse, Mary Poppins, Aquaman. Nothing made enough money that week. No. One, which is crazy because Spider-Verse won an Oscar and Aquaman made a billion dollars right. and everyone forgot about Bumblebee. <laughs> which sucks because uh, it's great. Shazam 53, Birds of Prey 33. So downward each mm-hmm. time. 
I don't have the Rotten Tomato scores in front of me, but I, you know, I'll wager dollars to donuts. Man of Steel, not great. BVS, not great. Suicide Squad, terrible. terrible. Wonder Woman, good. Was good, yeah. But some people like some people like the the ending became it was like in good the but 80s. safe. Yeah, it's good but safe. Right. Justice League, whatever. It same. It's about it's a little less than Wonder Woman, but around the same. Yeah. People liked Aquaman, but I don't think they loved I mean, it. Yeah. People loved Shazam. I right. thought it was okay. Yeah. And I loved Birds of Prey. Right. And, it, so, and the critics and fan, this was the only one I think I, I, that are like almost neck and neck as far as their scores is on Rotten Tomatoes. So it could it could extend out. Yeah. I also don't have comic book numbers in front of me because they're very hard to find. Right. I think Birds of Prey aside, I think Birds of Prey is popular with specific people who love it. And I think the people who like it love it. Right. I think Harley Quinn is a bigger audience but I don't think any of these characters are Wonder Woman big. Correct. Or Superman big or and, Batman big. And for <clears throat> the non-inundated comic book fan, this title, Harley Quinn's at the, the last two words of this title. Yeah. So if you don't know anything, like if you're just like looking at stuff and you're not really looking at the images and you're like, Birds of Prey, I don't know what that is. I'm out. Harley Quinn technically probably should have been the first two words of this thing. It was a the popular joke before Avengers came out was if Thor and Captain America don't do well, the Avengers will be renamed Iron Man and the Avengers. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Yeah. Like that was the joke going around town. Like put your marquee. You put your. You have one marquee character and no marquee actors, and that character's at the end of your marquee. Yeah. Like that's a problem. That's a that's an issue. Uh, Look, I loved the movie. I did. You loved the movie. Yeah. It's probably my favorite of the DC movies. It's it's real. If it's not, it's real close. Like that and Wonder Woman are neck and neck. But I just love this from start to finish. So I think it's special. Yeah. It's unique. It is. I think if you haven't seen it, you should go support it. Yeah. Uh, because you know, well, you know, I also think you should go support movies that are coming out next week. But I just don't want to learn the wrong lessons, and I don't want to feed fire to the yeah. I don't want to see these people. think pieces that are coming out saying, "Oh, look at these men." Not it's like you're not right. You I mean not not wrong, but I don't want to. I don't want to give them. Flame. I also don't want studios to learn the wrong Correct. lesson. I don't want it to be like. Charlie's Angels didn't do well, right? And this didn't do well. And Alita Battle Angel. And didn't Alita do well. didn't do yeah. well. And. All of those, except for Charlie's Angels, were so good. Correct. And different and, and special different and, and unique fun. And had a voice and had a, a, something that was a, like fun and unique and effervescent to them. And I Now granted, Wonder Woman, Captain Marvel. Both billions. Fast and the Furious It's movies. going to be interesting to see what this Black Widow does because that's the kind of the... That is now my like, let's, let's see, see what happens yep. here. Yeah. Are we getting tired of super... I'm not quite ready to say that right. yet. I'll be ready to say that if but Black if that, Widow underperforms, if Wonder Woman underperforms, and if Eternals underperforms. If Widow underperforms, it's going to start making me question a little bit because Marvel has had this thing like, no matter what we put, we can put a talking tree and a raccoon, you're going to go watch this film. And if this starts going the other way, um, then that's going to be the first time that I've been. DC Look, has never had that cachet with the audience. Marvel has. So if that starts turning, that's when I'm like, okay. We have been doing it for a decade. Yeah. Like, we've had a pretty... Longer, right. really, really yeah. since Spider-Man and X-Men. It, it's been a 20-year run of yeah. these things. Like Everyone's always kind of been like, one day the other shoe has to drop. And I don't think I'm ready to be like, it's dropping. But it num- could be. numbers don't lie. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. I loved the movie. If you loved this show, you can leave us a review on iTunes. You can give us a good star there. You can follow us on Twitter at Hollywood Already Did It. You can join us on Facebook at Hollywood, Facebook.com slash Hollywood Already Did It. I'm at, as always, Blake and Terrence is at Terrence Tatum, and we will see you next week. Later.